Hello, my name is David Lesner, and I'm one of the pastors at Creekwood United Methodist Church. We are located in Fairview, Texas, right east of Allen, just north of the Dallas area. The sermon you're about to hear was recorded at one of our worship services, which we'd love to invite you to check out live at 8.30 a.m. for traditional or 11 a.m. for contemporary on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page or the recorded version on YouTube. We'd love for you to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC or our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more information about what is happening and how you can grow with us in our mission to share God's love. If you feel inspired, there's also a way to give at the top of the website. Thanks for listening to this sermon, and we hope it inspires you in your journey with God. No? Okay. Yay. <laughs> um, I'll be reading for you James two eighteen through 26. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I by my works will show you my faith. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you senseless person, that faith without works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, that faith was active along with his works. And faith was also brought completion by works. Thus the scripture fulfilled that says... Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to see him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see, that a person is justified by the works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Open Door Ministries is a ministry for special needs adults. And those adults come from a wide area. It's not just Fairview or Allen or McKinney. And those who come, they meet once a month on a Thursday night. And those who come, it is so much fun to be a part of that and watch how much they love being a part of that and seeing the volunteers that they haven't seen for a month to come back or maybe more than a month and then to see each other, their friends that they don't get to see except during that time. Christy Herman has it so organized. It's just time really well spent. This last time they had um, a Christmas theme and uh, Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus came and those ones who came to participate were so excited to see that area where they were sitting and, and to see Santa, that he was really here, have their picture taken with him. And then they had a meal prepared by the Kaisers and volunteers sit at the table. Families bring their own children, uh, elementary school children or teenagers, who also sit at the table and visit with uh, those people who come to eat. And um, then they went into sanctuary to sing Christmas carols and, and do other fun things. And then 
Christy had those pictures ready for them uh, with Santa and Mrs. Claus in a goodie bag to send home with them at the end of the evening. And um, it's just if you are looking for a place to volunteer, that would be an awesome place to do that. The Holy Spirit shows up every time and you can see the love of Jesus in, in all of those smiles and uh, everything that happens there. It's an awesome experience. So don't forget, one of the most important things you saw in that video, I have Santa's number. So don't think we can get away with just anything around here, all right, because I can make things happen. Uh, folks, I want to welcome you again to Creekwood United Methodist Church for worship this morning. Um, we are in a sermon series called Looking Back, Looking Forward, and I know that the cold weather yesterday and today maybe had some of you all looking back when it snowed for 10,000 years last year, um, and so I thank you all who came in person for braving the cold, um, and for those of you who are worshiping online um, and hopefully staying warm and staying healthy, we are glad that you are worshiping with us this morning as well. It's become increasingly difficult to try and find the ways to be one church in many places. And that has been a challenge that we are coming up on almost three years of doing now. But as we enter into this sermon series, looking back, looking forward, we are ramping up to Creekwood's 20th birthday that we're going to be celebrating next month. And last week we heard and saw a video from Barry and Pete Harris, who were two of Creekwood's founding members. They've been on the ground and part of this church since the very beginning. And then Pastor David decided he needed to one-up them and told a story about being a little kid at Lovejoy Elementary School and wandering this land when it was just a regular old cow pasture and there wasn't even a Sonic. And I love hearing all of these stories of people who've been around this church for all of its 20 years. But I've only been here since 2019. So I don't have as many of these long-standing memories as some of you do, and I grew up in Odessa, not a cow pasture. But I also know that there's a good mix of some of you that maybe you haven't been with Creekwood from the very beginning, but you would say you got here as fast as you could. But there are so many things that when I hear these older stories about our church, I hear core values that were from the very beginning part of Creekwood that continue to be part of Creekwood today. And some of these values that I get from these stories are resilience, faithfulness, and service. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm really glad that um, our passage was from the book of James, and thanks to Cora for reading that for us this morning. James is a, a wonderfully challenging book of the Bible. Um, there are lots of old theologians that have tried to actually get rid of the book of James from the Bible because it is so wonderfully challenging. And so if you've never um, walked through the book of James with your small group or even as an individual never read it, I highly recommend it. Um, it's a great book to practice the way in which Scripture helps us wrestle with God. And this passage from James is one that has been highly debated for centuries of different denominations of Christians. So if you find yourself wrestling with it today, you're perfectly normal. For centuries, there's been a lot of debate and question among Christians about the relationship between 
faith and good works when it comes to salvation, or you might hear some people from different denominations say getting saved. So I want to be very clear up front about what we as United Methodists believe. We believe that salvation or being saved or being reconciled in our relationship with God comes from faith alone. Faith that God is the one true God. Faith that Jesus was God and came to earth. Faith that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected three days later, which proves God's victory over all things in this life, all things on this earth, even death. And faith that this gives us access to a relationship with God where we experience salvation. United Methodists do not believe that good works save us. It is faith alone that saves us and brings about salvation. However, our doctrine does state that although salvation is obtained by faith alone, true, genuine, deep down in your gut faith cannot help but produce good works. If you were to go home and you were to sit alone in your closet for the rest of your life and say that you believe God is the one true God and loves all people to bring us salvation, you would totally be saved. But isn't that message really good news? That no ifs, ands, or buts, God loves you very much. And some of us have known this our whole lives, and maybe we forget that that's good news. But if you really think about that, doesn't that make you want to burst open the door and make sure that every single person on this earth hears that message that God loves them very much, no ifs, ands, or buts about it? Doesn't that good news want to make you go serve others, to sit with them, to be with them so that they might know that they are loved? The author of the book of James really hits on this when they write about how a person's faith led them to incredible action. And David last week gave a great sermon about Abraham. And so I'm not really going to spend a lot of time talking about the example, but, but don't miss that the, book of the, author, the author of the book of James says that Abraham's genuine faith led to good deeds. But I do want to spend some time talking about the second character that is mentioned in this passage, and it's Rahab. Rahab is a character from the Old Testament that we don't talk about a lot because we're afraid of the word we use to describe her occupation, but she's actually mentioned three times in our Bible. She's mentioned in the book of Joshua where we hear the bulk of her story. And she's mentioned here in the book of James where she is um, seen as somebody who was an example of genuine faith leading to good action. But does anyone in here know the third place in the Bible that Rahab is mentioned? In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 1, there's a lot of names that you probably haven't read. But it's telling us how we get from Abraham to Jesus by going through all of the different generations of Jewish people that are part of that lineage. And Rahab is mentioned. 
And don't miss how important that is. If you go look at this genealogy, it tracks uh, Jewish men from Abraham to Jesus. But Rahab is not Jewish and not a man. And she has a questionable occupation. But she's mentioned in the lineage that leads from the great father of the Old Testament, Abraham, all the way to Emmanuel. Rahab is included in that lineage. The word used um, in the Old Testament to describe Rahab as a prostitute can also sometimes, some scholars believe, can be translated to mean innkeeper. Some scholars also believe it can be translated to mean some combination of prostitute and innkeeper. But either way, on the surface level, a non-Jewish woman with a potentially questionable occupation is not exactly somebody that the Old Testament lifts up as a hero of faith a lot. And yet she's mentioned here in the book of James. Rahab's story can be found in the Old Testament book of Joshua chapter 2. And this is another book of the Bible that if you haven't read it all the way through, I totally recommend that you do it. Remember when the uh, Israelite people were, were freed from slavery from Egypt and they wander in the wilderness for 40 years and Moses passes off leadership to Joshua... They are right on the brink of the promised land. But there's this city that's in the way, and it's Jericho. And so Joshua, like any good military leader, sends spies in to go get a scouting report before sending in the entire army. And so two men go into the city, and the city of Jericho, and maybe you remember like singing that song as a kid or um, in Sunday school, like marching around seven times and knocking things over. Um, the city of Jericho is completely um, in enclosed by a giant wall. And Rahab's house is actually built into the wall. So if you want to get in and out of the city, you don't have to go through the gates you can go through Rahab's house. And so the two spies are hiding from the Jericho authorities. They go to Rahab's house, and she hides them on the roof of her house um, underneath um, some, some stalks of, uh, of wheat. And then the, the Jericho authorities come to her and they say, hey, we're looking for these, um, these two Jewish men. And she says, oh, I have not seen them, but you might go that way and look for them. And then Rahab goes back up to the roof and tells the two men that she has sent the authorities in the opposite direction of where they should go. They should go the other way, they should hide for three days, and then they'll be safe. And then she tells the men that she has heard of the Israelite people. She's heard how God is working to liberate them from slavery from Egypt and all of the ups and downs of the wilderness and how God provided manna from heaven and water from rocks. And in Joshua 2:11, Rahab says these words, the Lord your God is indeed God in heaven above and earth below. Rahab makes a statement of faith. Because of her faith in God, she's driven to action to provide safety for these two Israelite men. 
And not only just to give them a little bit of shelter, but to give them instruction for safe passage away from the authorities. And when the Israelite people invade the city of Jericho, Rahab and her family are spared because of her actions. And they honor that sacrifice that she makes. But Rahab's genuine gut, deep down in here faith in God, led her to good deeds. And this isn't just like regular Tuesday good deeds, like Rahab did not pay for the Starbucks of the car behind her. She took a big risk. She risked her life. She risked her family's life. She had no promise that the Israelite people were even going to honor her sacrifice before she made it. Rahab is remembered in our history not because of her questionable occupation or her status as a non-Jewish woman, but the book of James recognizes Rahab because of the good, risky deeds that she did because of her genuine faith. So faith and good deeds go hand in hand. It is only faith in Jesus Christ that brings us to salvation. But friends, when we hear that good news, when we experience true, genuine faith, and we hear that news, hopefully you ask yourself the question, now what? And this leads to this process, what um, we as Methodists, we call sanctification. And you might hear um, friends of yours that attend other churches call sanctification, they talk about it as something that only happens when we get to heaven. But as Methodists, we believe that sanctification happens all the time here on earth. We believe that after experiencing uh, genuine faith, that, that good news that God loves all people, no ifs, ands, or buts, that then we move into this um, time and season of our lives where we grow in grace and we grow in love and we grow to look more like Jesus, and that is called sanctification. And if you can believe it in the last 50 minutes, you've participated in sanctification. You've prayed. You've sang with other people. Hopefully you greeted one another when you came in and you were nice to the people that sit near you. You read scripture. And you've thought about how God is continuing to work in this world. Some of you maybe had your small group before this, and that's, that's the place where you really grow in love, where you really dig deep into Scripture with other people. Some of you served just before this hour. You were outside greeting people. You were with me over in the children's wing. You were with our students. You participated in sanctification. I'm really glad that Miss Mel provided the testimony for our video this morning, um, giving a really great overview of our Open Door program. And Pastor David did a great job in last week's sermon talking about the history of how Open Door came to be. And if you missed it, I invite you to go and online and to watch that sermon. But I hope that you heard a few things in Mel's video as well. So she, she talked about the fun, loving community of Open Door. She also talked about the different ages of all of our volunteers and all of the work and the dedication that they have for our guests every month. 
In fact, some of my best volunteers for Open Door are in this room right now. Monroe and Hardy Finley, Carter Still. And these kids are in elementary school. Two of them are even in pre-K. And they come every month. They sit right next to an adult and they ask them questions. They color with them. They participate in whatever our activity is with them. At Open Door, we take what the world says can't happen. Preschoolers cannot be great at serving. We take what the world says about that and we flip it on its head and we challenge it completely. And we say that that's not the case. And Mel hit on something really important in her video. And I hope if you hear anything today, I hope you heard this from what Mel said. The Holy Spirit shows up every single time. And what I actually heard in Mel's testimony was her genuine faith in Jesus has led her to service at Open Door. But then what I also heard is that her service at Open Door is showing her different things about the Holy Spirit that then adds to her genuine faith. Her faith is strengthened by service. And so if we serve because we have genuine faith, and our faith is strengthened because we serve, so then there's more service, and it creates this really cool infinity loop of learning more about God as you serve and get to see more of God's work. Faith and good works, or as James put it, good deeds, are in this two-way conversation with one another. When we participate in service, we get to see God's work in the world. We gain a bigger glimpse of what the image of God is. We learn more about God. We see places where the rules of the world are flipped on their head, and we call that the kingdom of God. When Jesus said that in the kingdom of God, the first shall be last and the last shall be first, preschoolers sit with adults in service. When we serve, we get to participate in that. When we are moved to mission because of our genuine faith in God, there are lots of incredible things that can happen. When you volunteer with um, Open Door or Cornerstone Ranch as we work with adults who have disabilities or sometimes that's called special needs, we know that we provide rest for caregivers and an inviting space to an overlooked community. But it flips and our faith is strengthened because we see how God's image that is in every human person is so much bigger than what we see in the mirror. When we serve with ACO or Habitat for Humanity, we know we are working with our local community, but it makes that turn, that infinity loop, and our faith is strengthened as we confront the injustices and the inequities of our world. And not that people who live below the poverty line are somewhere over there, but they're in our very backyard, and they don't have the privileges of basic needs like we do. Our faith is also strengthened by the fact that people who are living in poverty are right here 
And we also know that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused even more families in Collin County to live below the poverty line than ever before. When we support international organizations like Zoe Empowers or Kisulaga United Methodist Church in Honduras, we support uh, areas of the world that we know don't have the privilege and the access to basic resources like we do. But in the kingdom of God, everything is flipped. And our faith is strengthened as we participate in relationships and we empower those that we might have the human temptation to look down on because they don't have the same things we do. Instead, we get to listen and we get to know people from a whole other part of the world and how much they teach us about God. And it's not only missions that are outside of these walls that we can experience our genuine faith leading to action and that action leading to more faith, but it's also in the different ways that you can serve within this congregation. Anyone in here who has served with children's or student ministries knows that we get to participate in mentoring and helping shape the next generation of disciples. But in the kingdom of God, it's students and children who actually teach me so much about God. And we get to participate in having our faith strengthened by kindergartners and middle schoolers and high schoolers. When we serve with care ministries here at Creekwood, we provide comfort to those who need it. But our faith is strengthened in those situations where we see that God is still performing miracles in 2022. When you serve in hospitality ministries, when you stand in the parking lot and greet someone as they're driving up, when you're at the door, when you're handing someone a free donut, or even those of you who are greeting one another in online worship, you know that you're creating a space and offering a really good first impression and wanting people to know that they are welcome here. You're communicating this message that everyone is welcome at Creekwood. Everyone is safe to be themselves at Creekwood. Everyone is not just wanted at Creekwood, but needed at Creekwood. And here you are loved. But in the kingdom of God, in the strengthening of our own faith, you yourself, when you offer that message to someone, are reminded that it applies to you too. You are welcome here. You are safe to be your genuine self here. You're not just wanted here. You are needed here. And when you walk through the doors, you are loved. Pastor David spoke pretty boldly last week about um, different visions and dreams that he has for this church. And I'm very quiet about my visions and dreams for this church. But one of the biggest goals and dreams that I have for this congregation is that everyone who joins this congregation as a member could tell me three things. They could tell me a small group or a Sunday school class that they are involved in where they are digging deep into God's word and learning more about it and letting themselves be shaped by community. They can tell me an area of our church that they are serving in, whether it's hospitality, family ministries, care ministries, our missions team, any of our other leadership teams. 
And then the third is an area outside of the church, one of our mission partners that they're serving with. Coming to Open Door once a month, going and sitting with children at Harper Elementary School, participating in in food and toy and clothing and other drives that we have. And then honestly, if, if I'm being for real, I also wish that every member at Creekwood would park far away so that guests could park closer, but it was cold today, so I get it. My hope and my dream for this church is that hopefully us as pastors and staff have communicated the good news to you in a way that it sits deep down in your gut and you can't help but want to do good deeds. I want people knocking down the door to my office with different um, visions and different missions and different passion points that they want to figure out how to tell this good news to others. My vision is that your genuine faith that's deep down in here, where you know that God loves you very much, makes you want to sing if that's your gift, or yell if you can't sing to the rest of the world that God loves them very much. There are no ifs, no ands, nor buts, nothing that can be done to lose that. Tomorrow is the celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And I know we're all very excited because it's a three-day weekend and you all get to watch Super Wild Card football tonight and not have to work tomorrow. But I hope that tomorrow you don't see it as a day off. Tomorrow is a day to stop and to take a break and to meditate and contemplate and think about service and mission. Dr. King lived a life that was full of good deeds because of his faith in God. And his faith in God creating all human persons to be equal. And just like Rahab, he was not always received well in spaces that he was in. Some might even have questioned his methods of the actions he chose with his genuine faith. But genuine faith led God to push Dr. King to take risks. Faith is believing that every single person, no matter the color of their skin, their gender, the country that they may come from, their political beliefs, their age, their sexual orientation, or their physical abilities, God created every single person in God's image. God loves every single person, no matter what. No ifs, ands, or buts. But good deeds are choosing actions that communicate to the world that you really believe this. It is surrounding yourself with a community that looks like the image of God, and that's not all people that live in your neighborhood and look like you. It's choosing to be kind to those that might have different beliefs than you, that might not say things the way that you would say them. Good deeds can't help but spring from genuine faith. 
And I will tell you right now, in this moment, God is calling you probably to take some risks with your good deeds. Good deeds are not required for us to experience salvation. But if life with God is a cake, salvation is the eggs, the butter, the flour, the sugar, that makes up that that main part, believing that God is God and that God loves you. That's the main thing. But the icing and the sprinkles and the ice cream or whatever we're putting on top of cakes now, that's good deeds. That's mission. That's telling other people that God loves them. That's treating people as if you believe that they are made just as much in the image of God as you are. Life with God isn't complete without mission. It's not complete without service. Faith is good enough. But true, genuine faith leads to so much more. That it makes that life, that faith with God, even better. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the ways in which we have come to experience genuine faith in you. We thank you for the ways in which your good news has been communicated to us so that we might understand that we are loved. And God, if that message has not been communicated to anyone who is listening or watching right now, I ask that you might put the things in their life that might show them just how much you love them. God, that we can have faith that you are God and that you love us all. And God, because of that faith, we ask that you would continue to lead us in sanctification, lead us in good deeds, lead us as we serve others. And may our faith be strengthened by the ways in which we serve. May our faith be strengthened by being in mission with others. May our faith be strengthened by being in genuine community with others. We ask you would continue to make us more like your son. And it's in his name we ask these things. Amen. Thanks for listening. We would love if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening today and let us know how we are doing. Be sure to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC and our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more ways to get involved at Creekwood United Methodist Church in person, online, or both. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.